I see uh, we will connect with definitely Rabbi Wolf's talk, uh, definitely Rabbi Schoonmaker's talk, and Rabbi Karlinski's talk. I'm sure he talked about so many, we've wove together so many things. I'm sure somehow this is going to connect up with Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Karlinski's talk, but I don't remember how. Anyways, um, first a little bit about the, the, the author. I, I would like to share a piece uh, from from the Sefer Eretz Tzvi. This for you, Greg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can keep it. No, you can keep it. It's perfect. So, <laughs> that was a fall. So, uh, I would like to share a piece from the Sefer Eretz Tzvi. Eretz Tzvi was written by Rav, Rav Aryeh Tzvi Frommer, uh, Zatzal, uh, who was the Rosh Yeshiva of Chachmei Lublin. Chachmei Lublin was a, was a uh, unique yeshiva in the city of Lublin, Lublin Kolkovod. Uh, so he, a unique yeshiva in the city of Lublin. And uh, it, uh, the, it's mainly known, uh, famously known, for uh, Ramir Shapira. And the uh, However, uh, uh, the Rosh Hashiva of the, of the Yeshiva quite a while was Rav Aryatzvi of Frommer, and I'm almost sure that he was killed in the Holocaust. Almost sure that he was killed in the Holocaust. Uh, the, the <coughs> he was a unique thinker. I don't know if you find that in this particular piece, but, um, but I, I thought this particular drasha was was beautiful, it was elegant, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, we will also now, in our shear, we've been doing a project for a while, which is to uh, to try to do, we thank Hayden for the idea of the project, which was to do a biography uh, every day. And uh, and so today we're going to, we're going to, we're going to weave in a biography of Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein Zatzal, um, and uh, and I'll speak a little bit about why I would like to share a little bit of the biography of Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein today. Okay, and and if we finish early, we'll just finish early. You'll have like a little break at the end, so don't worry about that. So uh, my my son told me nobody ever is bothered by finishing early. They, like late is like <laughs> I remember when Sheer would be going on and like the the clag would strike lunchtime. I would already be like in, in the, the Balshemto says you are where your thoughts are. I would already be in the lunchroom. So my, <laughs> I was, I was physically here. That's a sign that you, the, you could physically be in one place and spiritually be in another place. So I was physically sitting in the base medish or in the she room or at my, and, and, uh, spiritually I was in the lunchroom. So the, uh, the, if I can just go ADD on you for a second, uh, the Balsemto says this idea that you are where your thoughts are. So uh, Shem Mishul brings a raya, brings a brings a proof for it that if you're if you're uh, traveling and Shabbos is coming and you say that my shvisa, the place where I'm going to be for Shabbos, is by that tree, if it's within your tomb, I believe. So that's where it is. Even if you say that right as as Shabbos is coming in. So you see that even halakhically, you are where your thoughts are. So that's an interesting uh, uh, concept. Anyways, that was totally aside. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to weave that into the drasha. Okay. Um, Pesach. Um, the drasha talks about Pesach. It talks about 
Purim and it talks about Parsha Zachar. We'll start with Pesach. Many people associate Pesach with money. And many people associate Pesach with a lot of spending of money on a lot of things. Because matzah uh, is, is, uh, can be relatively expensive. And uh, a Seder night uh, can be relatively expensive. Plus, uh, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of Jews that need to need to make Seder night, and so there's a lot of tzedakah drives during uh, during uh, during Pesach time. And, and there's a concept. There's a halachic. There's actually um, I, I don't know if it's exactly a halachic category, but but there's something called moschitim, which means uh, money for wheat where we make sure that the poor have all that they need for Pesach. Because there's a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of poor people who are worried, what are we going to do for Pesach? And uh, there's, a, um, there's a, uh, a famous story that all the kids know. There was one of the Rebbe's used to say three, three mycing, three stories before Pesach because everybody had Parnassa issues around Pesach time. One of the Mycim was about uh, Moshko. Uh, I'm sure your kids have a storybook about Moshko uh, with the monkey. With the what? Monkey. That one we don't have. You don't have? Okay. So there was a, uh, it used to be that uh, that the Jews were under the, uh, under the thumb of these, of these Poritzes. These Poritzes were these feudal, lar- feudal lords and they had control over over large areas, and uh, there would be a lot of times that Jews would have a concession to be able to, uh, let's say, sell liquor or whatever it is, have an inn, and 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 a lot of times people were beholden to the porets, and so and the Jews had a nickname of 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 Mushko. like Mush Moshe was was like the nickname for a Jew, the same way that Sarah was the nickname for a Jewish woman, and so uh, the poret said to to his Mushka. He says, he says, who are you really dependent on? And he expected to hear, you. And he said, God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he said, but, but, uh, but isn't it me? Isn't it me who's giving you the, the ability to, uh, to, to make a parnasa, to make a living? He says, he says, no, it's from God. Everything is from God. So he says, that's it. I'm taking away. You're no longer going to be able to, uh, to to be my uh, to have the concession that's it you're not going to have any money so uh, so the Jew was was a simple Jew I trust he trusted on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. anyways the the parts was like you know like he took care of Moshka and um, and the the uh, the parts had a monkey a toy monkey again they were they were very wealthy I don't know how you'd buy a monkey I don't know what the monkey market was like in Eastern Europe but he had a monkey. And uh, uh, finish the sentence, monkey see, monkey do. So the poets used to count his money. And he would count it, and he put it in his mouth like to check if it was real, if it was a good coin. So, uh, and so that's the way he would count his money. So the, uh, the monkey one day was around, and the poets was away, or outside, or whatever it is. And the monkey was, was, would, he, he, Monkey see, monkey do. So he would, he would eat coin after coin after coin until he was uh, full of coins in his belly. And the uh, the uh, the monkey eventually, again, monkeys. I'm not sure about monkey nutrition, but monkeys probably uh, wouldn't survive on large quantities of of metal. Anyway, so at a certain point, the monkey died, 
And the Poritz had an idea. He says, let's show Mushka. Let's throw the monkey, the dead monkey, into, into Mushko's house. And that'll really get him. And so, uh, so he took the, he, the, he had his servant go, take the monkey and throw it into his house. But of course, when it, when he threw the monkey into his house, so the monkey's belly burst open and all these golden coins were there. And so, uh, Mashko and his family, they took this as a miracle from Akodesh Baruch Because see, Akodesh Baruch was taking care of us and they went and they bought all the wonderful things for, uh, Pesach. So, uh, the, the, uh, the poets afterwards tells his servant, go check what's going on by Mushka on Seder night. Because that was the night when all the Jews have this great, uh, this great thing. And he assumed that the house would be dark and there would be no food and nothing. And he saw that everything was like really lavish and beautiful and all that. Anyway, so he goes back and, uh, and he asks to hear the story. How did, how did, where'd you get this from? He says, he says, I trusted in God. God, I don't know, threw this monkey through my window. I don't know exactly how it happened. And, and then I got all these coins and that's what we bought. So the, the, so the pirates agreed that, uh, that I see, I see, listen, you got a God. I admit that's it. I can't, I can't, I can't outdo, outdo your God. And, uh, the Rebbe who used to tell this before Pesach, was to, used to tell us as a skula, as a way of, of the, of the Jews all having, uh, having parnasa for Pesach. Pesach is not just a time of having a lot of expenses, but Pesach, says Ravari Tzri Frumer, is a time when we actually get a whole blessing of sustenance. Where does that come from? So if you look at the first source, um, judgment on grain, so ba'arba prakim ha'olam nidon, on four different uh, time periods, the world is judged. During Pesach, the world is judged about grain. And then it goes on. On Shavuos, it's about, it's about fruit trees. On Rosh Hashanah, etc., etc., the famous Rosh Hashanah. Everybody's judged. So, so the fact that that's our judgment day over grain, that means that Pesach is a time, again, he doesn't spell it out, he just, the thing about, about, uh, this particular savior, he just sort of, he just sort of throws out the Makoros. So I hope I'm, I'm filling in the blanks, uh, properly. So, uh, so, if it's a time when, when there's judgment on that area, that means this is Tavua time. This is the time for Tavua coming down, and there's gonna be a judgment. Are you gonna be Zoha to Tavua or not? And God willing, we pray that we'll be able to be Zoha for, for the, Tavua, grain, which is a symbol of, of, of Parnacha, which is a symbol of sustenance. The, the, uh, uh, the Eretz Tzvi, that's the way I'll call him from now, the Eretz Tzvi, that's a phenomenon in, in, in Torah, is that people are called after their Svarim, the Chafetz Chaim, the Chazonish, etc. So, uh, I'll call him the Eretz Tzvi. Uh, Arba Rosh Hashanim Heim, there are four Rosh Hashanahs, there are four heads of the year. Be'echad ben Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah, uh, the first of Nisan, is the beginning of the year as far as kings are concerned. And the Gemara's old discussion as far as Jewish kings are concerned, when do you count, like when you want to know um, what year it is in a particular king's reign, so then you look at when he, you, you don't go by the day that he became king, but rather the Pesach afterwards, and every Pesach, every Rosh Chodesh Nisan becomes a new year for a king. So let's say he started on, uh, somewhere in Shvat. So by, by Pesach starts his second year. And then, and then the next Pesach starts his third year, etc., etc. Okay. Um, now, what's the, 
What's the um, what's the deal? What's the deal? Why is he bringing this up here? Well, how did this get into the the uh, uh, the article? Uh, the the drush of the earth feet. So he adds a line. Then the power of Malchus, the power of Malchus was was renewed in Israel. Now I was looking for this Ran, and I looked in the the Ran on the Rif. I didn't find it. I look in the Ran of the the Ran on the uh, on the on the Gemara, and I and I'm not sure if I found it, uh, but. The, the, what I'm left with is, and, 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 uh, a little Torchian. It sounds like because during Pesach time, we went from Abdus Lecheros, we went from slavery to freedom. So that's somehow the time for Malchus, which might be a symbol of independence. Maybe that's it. That's a symbol of independence. Anyways, that's the, that's the run. But the, the reason why the Rosh Hashanah for kings is in Nisan, is because Nisan is the time that the power of royalty, the power of kingship begins. So it's a time for whatever koach, whatever whatever equality is connected with with being the king. So that quality is renewed every Nisan. So Nisan is not just a, a technical law, according to this. <clears throat> That listen when you want to count the when you want to count uh, the years of a king so so it, uh, you count from Moshevodes to Nisan but rather there's something happening in the world uh, maybe spiritually or, or or essentially that is happening in every Nisan and that is the power that is underlying the issue of Malchus is is happening every Nisan. Why? How did that get in a drasha in the drasha of the earth's feet? So, what does Malchus mean? So now, Parshat uh, Shavua last week and this week. So, uh, 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 quiz question: What are the three? Where are the three crowns in the Mishkan? The three Zerzahavs. Number one. That was a, what? On the Aaron. On the Shulchan, number three. On the Mizbeach. Which Mizbeach? Which Mizbeach? Mizbeach Hazav, which is going to come in this week's Parsha. So two were in, in last week's Parsha, one's going to be in this week's Parsha. Now, what is the Zer Zahav on the Aaron uh, symbolic of? What crown is it? Torah. Keser Torah. What's the crown of the Mizbeach, of the Mizbeach Hazav, which is the the one where the Ketoros is offered, and who can offer Ketoros? Who can exclusively offer Ketoros? Kohan, 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 Kohanim, Kohanim, and uh, in the in the Holy of Holies, exclusively the Kohen Gadol. But the so so the Keser of the on the on the Mizbah Hazav is Keser Kuna, and the third Keser is Keser is on the is on the Shulchan on the table. So what is that? What does Rashi say that is? Keser Malchus. So Rashi says, "An biasisa shulchan atzei shitim datatat v'tzipiso so zahav tahor v'tzipiso lo zer zahav saviv." You should make a golden crown around it. Rashi zer zahav siman lechaser Malchus. That's a sign for Keter Malchus. That's a sign for the crown of 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 royalty. Shashulchan shum osher ugdula kamosh omrim. Shulchan Melachim. 
the 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 shulchan is a sign of wealth and greatness. Now, you remember the when when Shlomo Amelech, I, I meant to I meant to read this read, but I'll I'll just say over in general. Um, uh, when Shlomo Amelech became king, in the Tanakh it goes on and on about what was served at Shlomo Amelech's meal every day. And it talks about all the different food that was on Shlomo Amelech's table, which is striking. It's a like a, it's a like an offbeat kind of part of the of the of that little section of Tanakh. It goes on and on. Why is it going on and on about the Shulchan Shlomo, which I think is the name of a sefer, by the way? Uh, why go on and on about that? Because because when you're looking for a symbol of the king's greatness, it's the Shulchan HaMelech. Now. What is the Melech connected with then? The Melech is connected with Parnassah. Why is the Melech connected with Parnassah? Again, I'm trying to fill in the blanks of the, of the Eretz Tzvi. Because when you look at a country, so the big two things that the king has to be in, char- in charge of are economics and security. I mean, he's got to be making sure that, that, that the enemies don't attack. So he's got his army, etc. And he's got to make sure that the nation is thriving uh, financially, economically. So he's in charge of, of economics and, and security. Now again, the Jewish king is, is in charge of, of, of uh, uh, the, the I'm-keeping Torah, of course. But the, but, the melech, but the melech has this side of being the, the, the symbol of Osher Egdullah and the Shulchan in the Beis Hamidash was apparently the channel whereby Parnassah came down to Am Yisrael. What was on the Shulchan? The Lechem Aponim, the, the, the bread. Now, Pur, Pesach, excuse me, uh, and, and Nisan is the time of Parnassah because it's the time of the Koach of Malchus. It's the time of the Koach of royalty. And royalty has this, has this side of, of, of being in charge of the Parnassah of Am Yisrael. Uh, there was another thing that happened that was connected with uh, with Parnassa, which is interesting. Um, when did uh, and then uh, when did Yaakov get his blessing from Yitzchak? So, so the midrash says that it was Pesach night. Uh, does Rashi does Rashi say this? Quiz question. I think Rashi brings it on the two goats, no? What did, uh, the, the Midrash says like this. I'll read the Midrash. Higia lel yom tova Pesach. This is where it says Pesach and sustenance. Higia lel yom tova Pesach. Fikoro Yitzchak le'esav b'noa gadol v'yamar b'ni, my son. Halayla hazed this night. Ha'alyoni momrim shira. The upper world say shira. Because it's Pesach night. Otsros tololim niftachim Today, halayla hazeh, on this night, the store of of dew opens up. Hayom hazeh birkas tololim. Today is the day of the blessing of dew. When do we say tal? Pesach. Aseli matamim. So therefore, make for me matamim. In other words, Yitzchak chose, Yitzchak Avinu chose which day to give the bracha to, to Esav? 
So he chose Pesach because he wanted a day which is going to be a day of the opening up of the brachas from a, from the mala. That's the day when the when the, everybody's singing Shira up above. That's the day when the the gates of dew, whatever that means. The truth is, I don't know so much about dew. And it would be nice if we had somebody here who knows about agriculture could tell me why dew is such a big thing. But we're very into dew. Uh, question mark. Okay, so you share in the well. Whoever is uh, is a, a secretly uh, an expert on agriculture, please share about what is the what's the big thing about dew. I know there's something great about dew. Oh, here we are. It's during the dry season. That's how the plants survive. Oh, that'll do. It. That's good. And sure enough, and starting Pesach, that's when that's when things begin. I kind of should have known that. that, that that's so happy. That's so. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anyways, so. Um, so what did he do? He went and he brought two goats. Oh, sorry, I skipped the line. Rivka said to Yaakov, "Bni halayla zeh otzros tolim miftachim, halayla zeh yonim amrim shira, asim atamim laavicha." So she said, "Tonight the gates of of dew are opening up. Tonight the the upper worlds are singing shira. Make matamim for your father." So halach ve'avish ne gedayezim. Yaakov brought two goats. Obvious question. Yaakov needed two goats? Did you ever eat a goat? It's, it's, I mean, a chicken is this big. A goat is like this big. And there's a lot of meat there. I think. Um, and he needs two of them. What's with the two goats? So... The, the Medrash answers, One was to offer a korban Pesach, and the other one was to bring to your, to your, to your father. The goat, the second goat was the one that was gonna come from, but the first was for korban Pesach. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Asera Brachos Birech Yitzchak is Yaakov, Altala Shamayim, Valdegan Haaretz. So Yitzchak gave Yaakov the blessing of the dew of the heavens and the grain of the world. The Imkain says, says the Eretz Svi, Az Niftach Koach Shefa Lisrael. That's when the gates of Shefa, that's when the gates of abundance from above flows down to below to Israel. In other words, Pesach Nisan, that's the time for the blessing of Parnassah. It's not only the time when we have a lot of expenses, it's also the time, and it's probably not an accident that there's a lot of expenses on Pesach, that's the time when there's a shefa for Milamala. It's also probably not an accident that that's a time when there's a lot of tzedakah, because tzedakah is, is, uh, is in the... There was a book in our shul, Schoolers for Parnassah. Literally, that's the title of the book, Schoolers for Parnassah. It was like one of the books, people leave all sorts of books in shul. So this was... I, and And so... Number one segula for Parnasa is 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 give a lot of tzedakah. That's the that's the obvious meaning. If you wanna if you wanna have the have the have the pipes flowing, so make sure they're not not blocked. So get the get the have money going out, and then there's going to be a vacuum, and money's going to come in. So so Pesach Nisan, that's the time of Parnasa. That's the time of Shefa Milamala. That's when we're judged over the Tua. That's when we're judged over grain. That's the Rosh Hashanah for kings who are in charge of the Parnassah for the country. That's when Yaakov bless Yitzchak, Yitzchak bless Yaakov when, when the gates of dew flow down from heaven 
and 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 uh, and Yitzchak gave Yaakov all the blessings, and that's when the Shefa comes to Israel. Okay. How do we get that? How do we get ourselves ready for that? Says the Eretz Tzvi on Purim. The Mishnah, if you if you go to a Siyum Shas, a Siyum Shas Mishnayis, you'll hear this Mishnah. If you go to enough, you'll know it by heart. So the 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 last source on the first page is the last Mishnah of Maseches Uktin, and it says like this: I'm Rabbi Yeshua and Levi. In the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give over to every tzaddik, each and every tzaddik, 310 worlds. That uh, in order to give over to my beloved ones, yesh, there is, yesh, yesh, yud shin, 310. I have 300 worlds for the... For, for for my beloved ones, the Otsroseim Amalei, and I will fill their storehouses. Am Rabbi Shimon Chalafta, Lo Matzah Kodesh Baruch Hu Klim Machzik Brachal Yisrael Ela Hashalom. I only found a vessel that will hold blessing. The only vessel I found was Shalom, peace. Shenamar Hashem Oz Lamoyitain Hashem Yevarech Es Amova Shalom. God will give strength to His nation. Hashem will bless His His nation with with peace. Turn the page. And you'll see the very, very beginning, al Cain Purim Lifnehem. Therefore, Purim is before Nisan. Purim is before Pesach. Why? She'ikaro Shalom. The main thing about Purim is peace. And I was thinking as Rabbi Wolf was talking, wait a second, the main thing about Purim is Torah. But, what does the Ramam say in the end of Hilchos He quotes the Pasuk, Eitz Chaim Hi L'machzikim Noam, all the ways of Torah on peace. And he says, Torah is given to bring peace into the world. So the main thing of Torah is peace. So Purim Ikaro Shalom. The Eretz Tzvi doesn't mention that, but, but after Rav, Rav Wolfstruster, we can, we can add it. Who is the Manos HaLevi? That's Rav Shlomo Alkabetz. Rav Shlomo Alkabetz, the, 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 what I heard, and I think I read the introduction once of the Sefer, is that he gave his Sefer, which is a long midrash on the whole uh, Megillah Sester, uh, he gave his Sefer as a present for Mishloch Manos, to his brother-in-law, I think. Who's, who was his brother-in-law? I don't remember. And in the beginning, I think he, he justifies it by saying that the main thing of Mishloch Manos is peace between people. Again, there's two ways... Uh, there's two ways you can understand Mishloch Manas. You could say Mishloch Manas is, is basically part of Sudas Purim. And you've got to make sure that everybody has a Sudas Purim. So make sure that, so we, as, as, part of, as part of the Sudas Purim world, everybody enhances everybody else's Suda. And that's why everybody gives food. But you could say that Mishloch Manas is essentially to bring connectedness between people, to give gifts, uh, to friendship, to enhance friendship, like, like he said, connectedness. And, and therefore, it shouldn't make a difference whether you're giving a present of food or you're giving a safer. A safer also, in, let's say you go to somebody and you bring him not two, two types of food. You bring him a, uh, you bring him a safer and you bring him a, 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 a chalakar. So uh, maybe that should work also. Okay, so we, this is not a halacha shir, uh, but, 
but it would follow from the from the even if you don't say like the manos alevi that you could give a safer like uh, for uh, for mishloach manos. Still, this is one of the very very uh, plausible ways of understanding the mitzvah mishloach manos. Uh, it is to bring peace between people, to bring connectedness. What about matanus lavionim? So uh, there's a cryptic pasuk and a cryptic Zohar. And within the cryptic Zohar is one line that the Eretz Svi quotes. And I'm going to not try to attempt to explain the cryptic pasuk and not try to explain the Zohar and just go to the bold face where uh, he says, Ditzdaka dahi shalom. He's thinking that's a kata. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, the tzaka dahu shalom. Tzaka is peace. Now, why is tzaka peace? That certainly makes sense. Because, because if you don't have tzedakah, then you're going to have the haves and the have-nots. And then you're going to have a, a society that is, that is split into Put it to different groups. If you have people that are caring about everybody else, it's just simple, without any, without, uh, without mysticism, um, it's, it's a very, it's a very plausible thing. Tzedakah is going to bring peace. But there are other things about Purim that are connected with peace. Uh, the, the day of the, of the Yeshua, Ushare Yehudim Asher Medinos HaMelech, Nikhalu Ve'amoda Nafsham. It says they gathered together. They gathered together. And what did, what did Esther say to all the Jews before when she wanted them all to fast? Before? This is about the war. What did she say earlier? Lech, Knosis Kola Yudim. Go gather together. So there was a, there was, it wasn't just, it's true that you need to get everybody together in the same room to like say communal davening. But, but one of the, one of the suggestions about, about, uh, what happened during the Purim story was that there was a there was a unity amongst the Jewish people. There was a unity amongst the Jewish people. And I'm just thinking now, if you look at the Amalek story, so uh, what was the name of the place where they were during the Amalek story? Rafidim. And uh, and there's two things that, that are mentioned there. One is Rafu Yudem in Torah, but there's another thing that there was dissent when the Jews were encamped, there was friction amongst them, and only after the Amalek story, right after the Amalek story, in the they Vayicha and Yisrael Negedahar, immediately then they were they had this this uh, encampment where there was a togetherness, there was a peace together amongst Am Yisrael. And he says, and the bottom line there, Deikar HaYeshua bePurim, Haisa Mashanikalu Yachad. The main Yeshua, the main salvation of Purim was that they gathered together. And that's, that enabled them to be a vessel that holding on to blessing. So we're able to, so we're able to accept the blessings, receive the blessings of Pesach. In other words, on Purim we become a vessel that is full of peace and that prepares us for Pesach when we're going to get the Shefa. Now, what's the connection with peace and Shefa? So, like, like many things, there's a naturalistic way of speaking about it, 
and there's a more spiritual way of speaking. The, the naturalistic way is so pushed. Let's say you have, uh, let's say you have um, a a, uh, a company that makes a lot of money, but there's a lot of friction between all the vice presidents and the and the and the the the, the CEO and his staff and and the employees and all that. So they're just not going to succeed. They're not going to be able to be successful. If if let's say a a uh, yep, if you look around Israel, every now and then you see just an abandoned house in the middle of this great neighborhood. And you're just like, what's going on here? And inevitably, it's a Yerusha conflict. Inevitably, it's some some family that simply were not able to get together on the on the Yerusha on the inheritance, and it's mamish great real estate, and and they're still they're they don't have the shalom which would be a simple klimachzik racha. It would be a, a vessel that would be able enable them to get their get their blessing, and of course. We can explain this also in a in a in a supernatural way or a, or a spiritual way that a person in that that the shefa is coming down and you need something that's completion and shalom is connected with completeness. But but I, I think just the simple is enough. If people are together, they're going to be able to to benefit from all the money. And 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 one of the things that's tragic. Is people that are blessed with a lot of money, but they're not happy because they don't have strong, healthy relationships with others. And so you have people who who they might even have this bracha, they might even have lots. They have that six figures, seven figures, eight figures, and and a lot of money, but they're just not happy because because there's friction in their personal life. So how can you, where, you, you have the bracha, but you don't have the kli maxi bracha. You don't have the ability to enjoy it because you don't have that, that blessing, that, that peace, excuse me. Now I wanted to, I wanted to share a biography. Um, <clears throat> if I can think of a man of peace, first of all, just look at the picture. I was just thinking as I was looking at the, at the, this is Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein, his brother of Gershon Edelstein should live and be well. Is a is a great Rosh Hashiva, um, and this is a biography written by by a couple uh, who lived in Ramat Hasharon, where he was a Rav and a Rosh Hashiva, uh, Yedidya Meir and Sivan Rahav Meir, who are, are actually uh, they're journalists, and so they're they're uh, they become very well known over the last I don't know ten years or so, um, uh, and so they wrote this book together about him, and they had a personal connection with him. Um, anyways. He was a man of peace, and they write here in the biography, Purim Haya Hachag Shelarav. Purim was the Rav's holiday. That was his day. His day of Purim was it. And, and it's not an accident, I think, that he was an Ish Shalom. He was a man of peace. Just listen to this in the section here about educating children. Habat Shulamit, his daughter Shulami said, Lo Shum Shabbat. There wasn't, there wasn't almost any politics on the Shabbos table. No elections, no political parties. We were totally disconnected from that. 
לא ידענו מה זה אגודת ישראל, מה זה מפתל, we didn't know what the אגודה was, we didn't know what מפתל, מפתל was the מפלגה דתי לאומי for many many years and then it changed names. מה זה עיתון המודיע או מה זה עיתון הצופה? We didn't know what המודיע was, we didn't know what הצופה was. הבת מרים, his daughter מרים. לא ידענו גם מה זה אשכנזי וספרדי. We didn't know what an אשכנזי was and a ספרדי was. ואמת, and the truth is, לא ידענו אם אנחנו אשכנזים או ספרדים. We didn't know if we were אשכנזים או ספרדים. ברצינות, seriously, זה פשוט לא עניין אף אחד בבית. That didn't make anybody, nobody was interested in this in the house. הוא גם אף פעם לא הסביר מה זה חילונים או דתיים או חרדים. He never explained what are חילונים, what are דתיים, what are חרדים. יש יהודים, they're Jews. אולי אחד מהם יותר שומר מצוות ואחד פחות, some keep more mitzvot, some keep less, אבל לא עוסקים בחלוקות, we weren't involved in that stuff. And she says that only when they got to the big city they heard about all this stuff. When they had to go to, they had to go away to schools. Purim was his day. That was a day, I mean, when you think of Lech Kenosis, Kol Yudim, gather every single Jew. There's so many Jews amongst every single Jew. And Purim is the day of every single Jew. Kol Yudim. And uh, listen to what his Purim was like. It was the most unique day for him during the night. נראה שמספר האנשים שבאו אליו בפורים זהה למספר האנשים שהגיעו אליו במהלך כל השנה. It seems like the amount of people that came to him on Purim were the same amount that came to him during the whole rest of the year. בעבר התקיימה בביתו בפורים מסיבה קטנה. In the old days he would have a small מסיבה in his house in Purim. In Purim night, by the way. רק לבני המשפחה לא תלמידי ישיבת השרון. For the family and his ישיבה, which is ישיבת השרון. לאורך השנים שמעו אנשים על השמחה והרוממות במקום. As time went on, people heard about the joy, people heard about the uplifting spirit ועל הברכות שהוא נוהג לברך בלילה הזה. And the blessings that he would give on that night. והחילו לנהור לביתו, and people would stream to his house. בגלל מספר משתתפים, because there were so many people that would come, עבר הערעור לבית הכנסת הסמוך, they moved it to the shul. ובמשך כל הלילה, the whole night of Purim, הגיעו אל הרב אלפי אנשים ונשים, thousands of men and women would come to the רב, כשהוא מאזין לכל אחד בסבלנות, he would listen to everybody with patience, נותן לו כוסות לחיים ובורך אותו, give him a לחיים and bless him. במו עינינו ראינו, with our own eyes we saw, I'll just, I'll just read. Um, he read the Megillah himself. People were already waiting in line to reach him. He spoke, he, he conversed with some of them. He went home. He would eat a little su'uda to, to break the tzom after Tainus Esther. Then he would go back to the shul. And he would, he would receive people until three in the morning. כשעברנו באישון לילה ליד בית הכנסת, ראינו תור ארוך משתרך מחוץ לבית הכנסת. And when we, when we passed through in the middle of the night by the shul, there was a long line that was snaking towards the, that was uh, outside of the shul. 
כשבפנים יושב הרב מאזין שעות רצופות לצורכי עם ישראל הרמובים. He would listen for many hours to the needs of עם ישראל, their many needs. בחג המזוהה כל כך עם שמחה, on a day which is so identified with joy, הוא אכן הצליח לטעת באנשים רבים שמחה, תקווה ואמונה. He managed to plant within people joy, hope and, and trust. אחרי השעה שלוש, after three חזר הביתה, he went home, ארגן את התרומות שהתקבלו עבור מתנות לאביונים, לעניי רמת השרון, he gathered up all the donations people gave for, for מתנות לאביונים, השלים את חובות הלימוד היומי שלו, he would figure, finish up his, 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 uh, his daily learning, he rested a little, 6.30 in the morning, he got up for, 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 uh, for shacharis, etc. And uh, one of the Talmud said, one day, uh, one day he said, he said, oi, He said, I used to learn six hours on, on Purim night. Now, I barely learned... Uh, I barely learned a half hour. I barely learned an hour. There were a hundred people waiting for him. So he said, I asked, does the Rav want that I should stop people from coming so we can sit and learn? He said, Lop! Kol od yesh anashim, ani po bishvilam. As long as there are people here, I'm here for them. And then the last, the last thing uh, he shares, a woman from Ramat HaSharon said, it was, it was after Megillus Esther, and they would, they would go to the Rav. Thousands of people were there, and he tried to first uh, uh, receive all the people from Ramat HaSharon. He said, we stood, we stood there, he blessed all the brothers and sisters, and then he got to one of the sisters, and he requested that she bless him. So, so we thought that it was a joke. That it wasn't true. He didn't give up. That sister had been wounded in a terrorist attack a little while before. He insisted, and he didn't give up, until she blessed him. Hashem should bless the Rav with strength and, and health. Then he agreed to go on. We, we were very touched by, by the Rav's Uh, relation to one who was wounded and paid a price for living here in Eretz Yisrael. Purim is the day of peace. That makes us ready for Pesach. But how do we get ready for Purim? Parsha Zohar. How does Parsha Zohar get us ready for Purim? If you had to come up with a character trait of, of Haman, who's the prototypical Amalekite, It's, it's Gaiva. He was, when, when the kids were young, we used to want, we used to, uh, in order to uh, give them a picture what it is for a person like to blow himself up, to make himself up into something that he's not, we, like a person is like, is like blowing himself up, but it's all air. It's like an expression in Yiddish, a uh, blizzana oig, that I heard from my, my cousin once, which is, which is an egg 
where I, I was never able to do this, but there's a way where you can blow everything, all the contents out of an egg, and the egg shell stays intact. You're able to do it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, so, so uh, a blizzard egg is when somebody is all external and no and no content there. So Haman, what what was he? He was boasting about Ashrovarobanav. He was boasting to his family about how wealthy he is, how many how many kids he has. That all comes from Akkadosh Baruch. What are you boasting about? You should be you should be appreciative of Akkadosh Baruch. Say a say a say a parak tehillim. Hashem I'm thankful for you. You're boasting about it. So he was. Everybody's bowing down to him. Amalek is associated with with uh, with everything we learned about. But another thing that Amalek is associated is with with arrogance. And the preparation destroying Amalek then would be to destroy the core of Amalek, which would be arrogance and to work on humility. If we want to be people of peace, so we have to work on being people that are humble. Humble people are going to be much more easily peaceful. And this you don't need against, you don't need mysticism. It's simply uh, humble people are much easier to get along with. They don't get offended so much because they're not caught up in their image so much. They are are often nicer because they're thinking about other people. Uh, humble people in general are are more easily to connect, they're easy to connect with. Uh, of course, there is a spiritual side that if somebody is humble, he's more spiritual. He's less focusing on himself He's less. He's more focused on on the core, and when we're less focused on ourselves, we're more spiritual, and that's where we're united with everybody because we're all united spiritually. We all have the neshama. We all have a connection on a neshama level, and our bodies are separate. So the more you are connected with your neshama, the more you're connected with your spirituality, and the more you're less caught up in yourself, the more you're going to be spiritual and caught up with your inner self and your connection with God, so then you're going to be more connected with others because that's where our real connection with others is on an, on an inner level. So uh, let's just read what he says and this will, will end. The main peace and unity amongst Israel is, is dependent on hachna and anava. Hachna is subjugating oneself or... or, 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 or um, and Anava's humility. When everybody sees his own lowliness, again, lowliness in a, in a healthy, positive way. We're not talking about somebody who's got a low self-image and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if they knew that stuff yet, so to speak. <laughs> when they say shiflus, they meant really just being really humble. Through that, when he sees that, he wants to connect with all other Jews. He wants to connect with people who are better than him. So he wants to be connected with others. Arrogance brings separate, separateness, uh, division. First, before Purim comes the mitzvah of destroying Amalek, uh, may be erased, which is the klipa, uh, of, of arrogance. So that afterwards, we're able to connect up with 
brotherhood and, and, and friendship with all of, with, with every, uh, Jew on Purim. Through that will be a vessel that holds blessing that comes down on Pesach. When the blessing of Yaakov is, is aroused. Uh, and that's when the time of Malchus Yisrael being Mishkadesh, the, the, the renewal of, of, of kingship and sovereignty in Israel, Shegorem Shefa Bracha Uparnasa Bechina Sholchom Malachim, that brings down a flow of blessing and Parnasa, the Sholchom Malachim, the table of kings. Burm Samech.